As somebody who worked, you know what I mean, who's in a kitchen all the time, this whole pandemic really, it was it, it was a tough one just because, you know, I'm used to getting up. I'm a routine mm -hmm. guy. Um, so having all this time, I was just okay, I gotta do something with this. Yeah, I don't think we even realized how it was gonna be like a taste tester, kind yeah. of, you know, to figure out what's gonna work on a menu and what's not gonna work. When you're writing 25 checks and you're not one of those people who get a check, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you really start to understand like, oh, okay. You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. All right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. I'm your host, James Cringe. I'm joined by Chef Victor uh, Villarreal and Misty Villarreal, uh, the owners and operators of La Onda here in Fort Worth. Uh, thank you both for joining me today. Well, thank you thank for having you. us. Um, so you opened, you opened this place uh, last year as a, a Latin, Spanish, and Mexican-style seafood and cocktails restaurant. Um, chef, let's start with you. What inspired you to pursue this direction with the menu? Um, kind of a few reasons. Well, first of all, me, Misty, and my daughter absolutely love seafood. Okay. It's probably our go-to. Like, if we're together and we don't have my uh, my oldest son with us who's deathly allergic to, okay. to seafood, that's what we like to go towards, and it'll always be kind of predominant. Like, that's what we're going to eat. Um, so when we were kind of just going through things, we wanted to, to have a restaurant to where we could eat the things that we like to eat. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of went from there, and especially with her being, you know, cocktail heavy and forward uh, with just the drinks that she has, um, it kind of made sense for us to kind of do this style. Yeah. Um, even before we were dating, we had always said that we wanted to work together and do a restaurant. So when we did start dating, it, you know, it just snowballed. And said, let's do it. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. And I think you, you made a good point there of like, wanting to cook something that you actually enjoy yes. eating because if you're not passionate about it yeah it's you're not, not gonna come through in the food of course and that's the, the the main thing is i am taking the things that i've learned throughout my career and i'm putting into this small little location to where i could be uh technique heavy more opposed to just uh the ingredients yeah. you know because definitely you know we are latin inspired Mm -hmm. But there's more going on than just your average things that you're going to find at a Mexican restaurant. You know, your typical Moriscos or mm -hmm. somewhere you're going to find in Ecuador, or Peru, or Brazil. We wanted it to make our, our own. So that's kind of why you'll see uh, true-to-fashion, like, authentic dishes. But they do have the flair of, you know, somewhere where who's been working in fine dining for, like, 20 years. For sure. You know, that it's going to have that appeal to it. That way we get more of the people who... Um, want to come in shorts and sandals and you you want to spend 50 bucks on a few cocktails and yeah. like some good food you can have that but if you want to come here and you want to blow it out I'm going to have dry aged fish dry aged ribeyes cool. uh, caviar you know wine she'll do the cocktails all day long yeah. you know we want to grasp the appeal of everybody and it's something where I think we're small enough that we we can do that but just big enough to where uh, people are going to want to come and do that. Yeah, I, th I think that's great. And it's great to have both of those options. And uh, Victor mentioned this, but Missy, your specialty is the bar side. It yeah, is the cocktail. Yeah, that's the bar side. That's what I've been doing for a little while. <laughs> yeah, so what what are some of the flavors that you're pursuing with um, your cocktails? So I'm going to stick with some of the, the typical Latin influence that you would have would be, you know, agave spirits with mezcals and tequilas and things like that. But I'm going to go a little bit more on the South American side okay. and go with some, some spirits that Fort Worth is not used or utilized very heavily, like um, 
Pisco. Pisco is an underrated Peruvian brandy. It goes great in a lot of cocktails, and so I'm going to be doing like different variations on a Pisco sour uh, cool. with with syrups and things that I make in house. Uh, I'll be doing caipirinhas, cachaças, something that's not used a whole lot in Fort Worth either. So I wanted to kind of bring um, the the other the other forgotten Latin spirits besides yeah. just super mezcal. I know mezcal right now is kind of blowing up mm -hmm. in the city, but I want to, the little brothers and sisters need, need love too. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And, um, I love that because you're also trying to incorporate some of the local flair to it Absolutely. as well, right? Yeah. Um, I'll be using as much local, uh, distillers and breweries as possible. So yeah. all the distillers that are here in Fort Worth, uh, Blackland's one of my favorite. Cool. They're so good. Um, and and some of the other breweries in town like uh, my bar will be stocked with as much local and texas stuff as i possibly can yeah. obviously i can't get agave spirits here but everything else as much as i can will be local and supporting the town yeah that's yeah. great and, and there will be a nice mix there also you mentioned blackland um marcus was a guest on the podcast so oh, if anyone nice. wants to go back and listen no, uh, check that out man. yeah uh but victor you you uh for your side of things it's a bit harder obviously to go local when you're trying to do seafood yes um and so i saw that you're getting shipments in from alaska massachusetts seattle how do you go about deciding what seafood to get from where and then Tell me a little bit about the differences of flavors on the different coasts. Um, so first of all, I try to utilize two things. I like to utilize Texas uh, produce, okay. which I try to get from local farmers and things of that nature. But the seafood, um, you know, we're at Fort Worth. Yeah. So I really had to get um, more focused on who was selling what. And, you know, for all of COVID, all I did was books on oysters. This is a true story. <laughs> uh, you know, just different types of fisheries, caviar farms, and you know, and really just decide, okay, this is what I wanted to do. Okay. Uh, this is what I wanted to use. We tasted a lot of stuff. I mean, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it it was really just kind of a pick and choose. Um, my oysters, which are my my baby, she cat bay oysters from Alaska. Um, those guys right there. He's again. When you have such a good relationship with your farmers, yeah. you're gonna get a good product. Yeah. And this is a guy who, you know, on a whim, I was just like, hey, I would like to try some of your oysters. This guy sent me like eight dozen oysters <laughs> just, just so that I would try. Oh darn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, what did you think? And from the first get go, I, I knew that that's what I was gonna choose. Okay. That's what I want. I I want farmers who are like, hey, this is what I do, this is yeah. what I do well. Because it's kind of like us, and we want to stay true to this. Uh, anybody can go through a third-party vendor, you know, any restaurant, but you're going to get the same quality of stuff that you have throughout all the other restaurants. You know, I love my John Bonnells, I love my Grace's, uh, Clay Pigeons with Marcus Pasley and all that, yeah. but they all have the same product. Yeah. I wanted to be different because, you know, I don't have as much as they have, so I knew that. I needed to take the time to really have something that said, hey, this is what we got. It's a knockout. And so that's why I go to these farmers. So, you know, I do a lot of talking to people. Um, you know, some of them I want to use, some of them I'm not, you know, just, but I, I would rather talk to these people and know what their product is actually about. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, I'll, I'll watch tons of videos, well, read tons we of use, books. We use the pandemic and the and quarantine time as a positive to try and and get to know some 
purveyors of seafood. Yeah, and I think that's level. great because you might not have had that opportunity we, yeah, we otherwise. Not, yeah. Right? yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Like, you know, it. As somebody who worked, you know what I mean, who's in a kitchen all the time, this whole pandemic really it was it, it was a tough one just because I'm you know I'm used to getting up. I'm a routine mm-hmm. guy. Um, so having all this time, I was just like, okay, I got to do something with this. Yeah. So that's when I was just like, okay, I'd sit out in the back with the dogs, reading, like, you know, just just learn, just doing it and trying to yeah. look at different things, reading about, you know, what was the best and, you know. Like who, we were able to hone our vision. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It, it, it's it's very, in the beginning, we, we knew what we wanted to do, but let's be honest, you know, for every gimmick restaurant, you know, you have to make sure that you nail it down. It can't just be a gimmick. It's got to be something that's mm-hmm. that's focused, you know. And it's this is what we do. You yeah. Know? You don't really stray away from that, you know. And you can have different components of things, but for the most part, it's got to be all cohesive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tough to do that. Yeah. Uh, so I knew that having a technical driven restaurant where I either dry age my fish or going to get ceviche. Um, uh, anything that's going to be cooked will be smoked first with our one of our custom, okay. custom smokers from AJ Customs, yeah. um, and then you know, again, just local good produce, and and put it on a plate, and there you go. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to uh, get too fancy with it because sure. again, I want the everyday person to walk in here. And be like, wow, that looks good. Yeah. It looks delicious. Which is important because it is, you know, there are places here where it's, it maybe feels too fancy. Yes, I don't want people to ever feel like it's too, you know, snug in here. Again, I want people who are, you know, dressed in sandals and shorts to be able to come in here. Yeah. As well as the guy with the three piece suit. Mm -hmm. Oh, with the dinners that we've done so far, the feedback has been the vibe in here is comfortable and homey. Good. That's what we wanted. And that's exactly how I felt when I walked yeah. into it. It almost feels like a coffee shop. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but, you're, but it's a restaurant, which is really cool. I think and that's a neat place. We're not quite done with the interior because of pandemic. We, you know, it's taken us a little bit longer yeah. to open, but we've been doing our ticketed dinners on the weekends, and we have set up where there is social distancing tables, and we're only at, you know, 50% capacity at this point. We're about to blow it out in here and get a, a big banquet seating so cool. we can, you know, really have a party yeah that's great <laughs> and i'm glad you brought up the ticketed dinners because yeah. how, how have those prepared you for opening the restaurant full service it's the best is it? <laughs> we, i don't think we even realized how it was going to be like a taste tester kind yeah. of you know to figure out what's going to work on a menu and what's not going to work so far everything's worked but <laughs> you know it's it's definitely helping us gauge you know what we're going to actually put on the everyday menu yeah. um yeah it's been great so was that was this the plan always not really but we also kind of been waiting out to see how pandemic is going yeah and having the dinners is a little bit more controlled so we can get our name out there before we just full on open sure you know yeah and, and when is the full opening? Hopefully at the end of this month. Okay, we, we still great. don't have an actual date, but tentatively the end of the month. Believe me, on social media, <laughs> you will know. Everyone will know. We've got. I mean, that's we get questions like that every single yeah. day. When are you opening? When are you opening? When are you opening? We're we're working on it. We're great. working on it soon. Soon. And, and we'll um, before the end of the podcast, we'll uh, let everyone know where they can find you on social yeah. media to to make sure they're uh, staying up to date. Um, but you had mentioned that these dinners have kind of been like taste testings. Yes. Um, so 
what are some of the things that have really worked that are going to be full-time on the menu? And is there anything that just hasn't worked? Um, <laughs> so I think definitely, of course, our ceviches are staying, yeah. our oysters are staying on there. Um, our La Onda bowls are staying on there. Uh, Papa's Bravas, it, it's... It's a hit or miss. It's a okay. hit or miss. Sometimes, you know, just kind of depends on the people. Yeah. Um, and the presentation, I'm kind of still working on that one okay. just to make sure it's it, it's legit. And then... Which we kind of came up with the La Onda bowl, which is um, kind of our take on a poke bowl. So it's okay. going to be more like a lunch item. So it's got rice with like a dried fish or ceviche and some greens and stuff in it. So nice. like a poke bowl. Yeah. Um, but we... I think we kind of came up with it while we were doing a dinner where he did a dinner with this rice with some fish on top and I was like that would be perfect for lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're totally going to do all that. Cool. Um, I'm up in the air with my chori pan sandwich. It's a, a traditional like Ecuadorian Argentinian sandwich just with chorizo but I want to make my own seafood chorizo okay. so you know, I'm still testing that if I want to do that or not. Um, I know for sure we're going to do... Uh, that was also a 50-50 for people. They just weren't sure how to take it. They're like, this tastes like meat, but it's seafood. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so it's, 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 you know what I mean? Like, they, they know. I'm like, it's seafood. Yeah, yeah. But, you know... Sometimes it, it's hard telling your brain. It yes. is. We yeah. had some people that are, you know, pescatarian. They're like, are you sure there's no meat in this? I'm like, there's no meat in no it. No meat, in 100%. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things just like, do you... Do you try to give the people exactly what they want? Or do you kind of do what you want? So yeah. that's that sandwich. It's it's gonna be a, a very much a test. Okay. And I'll have it on the menu, and we'll see where it kind of goes from there. But you'll also be able to get uh, sautéed shrimp or our fried oysters in the sandwich as Great. well. You know, for you know. Well, I, I'm gonna come back and order the sandwich. And I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll give you my feedback because like, it sounds good to me. No, it's it's definitely. I mean, it's super. It's bread. Seafood chorizo and yeah. chimichurri sauce, and that's how they eat it. It's you know it's street food. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's what I want. I just want someone to come. If they want to come to a bar and have a sandwich. They can have that. Cool. If you want our charcuterie board that has smoked oysters, some caviar, and a smoked fish dip with you know some pickles or escabeche, some bread, you can have that as well. So yeah, so you're doing a seafood charcuterie board. Which yes, is, is kind of cool. It kind of blends you know it, this it, concept with what's so popular right yes. now. Yes. So I, I definitely wanted to, you know, again that's me throughout the years you know charcuterie was always probably the thing that i went to the most and i yeah. was good at known for um i had to come up with a way where i could make that make sense here yeah. and one day uh, about a year or so ago i was watching oh i was flipping through facebook and there was a master chef uh part where josh neeland who owns saint peter mm -hmm. and the fish butchery in australia he broke down this fish so I looked more into this guy, and he dry ages fish. Okay. And he does, like, a cod pastrami and things of that nature. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is this is it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to use this technique. And so I, I kept telling her, and she's just like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I tried telling my mom, I, mean, I don't know. You know, I tried telling everybody, and they're just like, oh, we got to see it first. So, you know, the last month or so, I've really been, like, digging deep and, like, doing what I'm good at. And man, I was I, on the fence about the dry aging of a fish. Yeah. And it is incredible. Is it really good? Oh my I, god. I, I'll tell you what, I it, I wish I would have learned how to do this years ago. Okay. It 
It makes fish taste a hundred times better. Wow. Okay. I, I'm not even joking. I mean, obviously I'm going to be a little biased because it's For our sure. restaurant, yeah. but um, the, and we've, I've had uh, customers say the same thing when I tell them this, they're like, that's exactly, I couldn't put it in words. It makes whatever fish intensify the flavor without tasting fishy. Okay. That's good because that's what people yeah. don't want. Yes. Right? Like it's like so. you don't want a piece of salmon that you're like, oh, is that a, like a couple days off? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the, amazing. Well, the thing about dry aging is this, you know, what does dry aging do? It eliminates moisture. Yeah. Right? The thing that makes fish rot is moisture. It's moisture. That's yeah, why when sense. you go to these, you know, certain types of markets, you smell that big fishy smell. Mm. It's because they let it sit on ice. Yeah. So all the blood and all that. So the Japanese method of it is they take it, they dry it, they scale it with their knives instead of an actual scaler yeah. so that the moisture is all gone. And then they add salt water to the inside to dry out all the blood and wash it out, and then they pat it dry, and then they hang it. Interesting. So that's what I'm doing, and, uh, and I'm stepping up that with a dry aging machine where you can control the humidity and you control the air. Okay. You know, because those right there are the key things to to that because you know the more moisture you have in it it's gonna it's gonna get a little bit funky you know when you start talking about mackerel and stuff the the fish is so oily like you really yeah. have to like watch it but i'm telling you like that was one of the favorites that we that we had the too. skin on that absolutely it makes it super crispy okay it's you guys are making me hungry we should have done this like in you know later i after was I'd concerned because mackerel is a very <laughs> Fishy fish, but I yeah. get the best compliments off that, and I would. That's when I knew I would just say, "Okay, this is okay. legit. Like it works." Yeah. Uh, my favorite is the swordfish belly we did. That's really good. Uh, I dry aged that, then I cold smoked it, and I just seared it lightly. Yeah. Because I really I don't want it heated all the way through. I okay. want you to think it when you eat this fish more of a sushi restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just. A more Latin inspired. Yeah, you know. That's great. Um, so you're gonna f you're gonna feel that, but you're gonna feel like you're in Peru eating ceviche. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So well, yeah. And you can also see the fish because we have a small dredging machine that we're using right now. But we, in about a week, we're gonna have one that's gonna go on this wall over here. So all okay. your fish, in the restaurant, everything so that we do, cool. you'll be able to see because I definitely I want you to be like, wow, that's that's what he does. Yeah. Um, we'll. Our cut of the the week, any any beef or pork, whatever that's served during the week, that'll be dry aged as well. Okay. Because I want you to come to this restaurant and be like, hey, where do we go get the best steak? It's gonna be like, go to Victor's at the seafood restaurant yeah. and go get a really good steak. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll be doing whole sides of tuna, you know, toro things of that nature, like amberjack. Like I, I'm really excited to to do a lot with a lot of fish that okay. you know you would typically see on a sushi menu. Uh, we're gonna have here, and we'll be. You know, doing our thing. So. Right, and Missy, on the on the drink side, what are uh, some of the specialties we could look forward to? I know that you've won sure. awards in the past. A few, um, not many. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, will we be seeing the coconut and ginger margarita? Absolutely, okay, that's going to be on there. That's the signature Onda margarita because even you know it did it won a little Fort Worth Weekly Award, just a little small thing, but um, it's been a fan favorite um, at the food hall and then yeah. here doing dinners and stuff. Um, my specialty is is infused syrups and infused liquors. So I make syrups with a bunch of different ingredients and then I take like one, you know, spirit and then make a drink yeah. out of that. Um, I use a lot of hibiscus, so a Jamaica, I do a Jamaica 75 with gin. Gin is okay. one of my favorite liquors, so I'm gonna force people to like gin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll have a uh, my take on a Paloma with mezcal, but it's gonna have cantaloupe in it Ooh, okay. uh, and a little spice. 
with it as well that with some good. cilantro. So it's kind of like a sweet, savory, um, smoky kind of drink. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. I've got tons. <laughs> um, I got to go get my book real quick. <laughs> I have a whole book of stuff that I'm going to have on the menu. Oh, yeah. I make pineapple tapache, which is like a right. fermented pineapple drink. Um, where you can do that with um, tequila in it or vodka. Or so a lot gin. of good fruit flavors. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, I'll also be doing uh, lots of agua fresca. So I'm going to have fresh juice everything. Lemon, okay. lime, all my citrus, all of my fruit juices are going to be fresh juiced here. So we have a chalkboard, which is going to have uh, his kind of like catch of the day kind of thing or whatever, rotating fish, and then also have whatever uh, agua frescas that I'm doing for the week. Yeah. And then on Sundays for brunch, you can do those with mimosas, which... You know, who doesn't love a mimosa yeah, with a bunch of juice in it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those will change on a weekly basis, whenever I feel like getting or whatever is fresh or in season. Okay. Yeah. I, that, no, I'm, I'm happy. I'm a juice really guy. Good. Yeah. I'm just like, buy extra. Yeah. Anything like fresh, like the drinks like that, that sounds so good. <laughs> well, you know, the, the there's a lot of mocktail things going yes. on nowadays. Yeah, and I definitely. think we really want to make sure that people who don't drink, can come in here and have a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the people who want to come have a drink. Yes. Almost Absolutely. all of my cocktails will be able to be made into a mocktail. Which is great. And, you know, yeah, like you said, that's just so popular right now. Yeah, it is. And I you know, stop drinking. And, of course. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of sober friends, so I'm just like, you know, I, I want their business as well. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I want them to be comfortable coming in and be like, hey, here's, you know, here's some juice, you know. Yeah. Agrofesca, whatever she comes up with, I don't know. She's, <laughs> she's fancy. I, I mean, the coconut ginger without tequila with some topo in it is the bomb. It's pretty okay. good. It's very refreshing. All right. Yeah, I mean, you've you've basically sold me on the entire menu. So um, I know that both of you were, were working mostly back of the house uh, for most of your careers. Uh, Victor, you kind of dipped your toes into um, ownership with Abe Froman yes. at, at the food hall, as you mentioned. Um, how did that ownership experience prepare you to open this place? And then we'll go to you, Missy, after for uh, kind of what the difference has been uh, with ownership. Um, it really just prepared me for the, the everydayness, um, you know, as just being a chef or just being a cook. You don't you don't see the everyday dying. Yeah. Every penny, um, you know, when you're writing. 25 checks and you're not one of those people who get a check <laughs> yeah you know you you really start to understand like oh okay uh, and it wasn't until then time I'm like okay I'm starting to see this and it helps that I have really good people uh, behind me who you know are uh, hey let's, let's try it this way let's try it this way because it's, it's gonna be a learning curve mm. you know no matter what you do and I, I'm glad that I got to run through through the cycle of it you know and it gave me the opportunity to run through the cycle um, at, on a smaller scale, yeah. Uh, opposed to here, and that's all I really need, you know. Because again, I, I'm a really, really good cook. As soon as I start learning something, you know, it just takes me a couple times, and I'm perfect with it. Yeah. So it just it got my feet wet, it got my wheels turning, and it got my foot in the door. And that's all I really needed was was that. So it really just kind of prepared me for the everyday little things that are going to come with this, which yeah. uh, we're we're a lot thank we're like a lot better here than. No, no offense to the food hall. No, the, <laughs> no, the no. food hall was originally set up. I, I was I, I opened that place and was the, the general manager there. Um, it it was meant to give uh, chefs or owners that had maybe a food truck or you know chefs like Victor who had, had dreams of opening up their own restaurant yeah. the platform to be able to 
get their own brick and mortar store without a, a ton of capital because yeah. we had you know a big corporation behind us you know putting up that that money for them to open up their little visions you yeah. know so I mean it, it was a great plat- it was a great platform for you to get your feet wet and and figure out what it's like to own a restaurant yeah yeah absolutely and then for you Missy what's it been like now on the ownership side away from the general managing away from just the bartending <laughs> You know, what, what are some of the differences? So background has always been in bar area. I've, I've managed bars and, and been on the front of the house management side for uh, uh, several years. Uh, it's not hugely different, okay. <laughs> to be honest, just because I'm used to dealing with um, kind of all the stuff. I've, I've opened up a, a several restaurants. So that kind of startup, what, I, what we need to do to get licensed and do all this kind of stuff is... is already some experience under my belt for doing that. Um, Spending someone else's money is a lot easier than spending your own money. That was a little bit of a, you know, oh wow, okay, I don't have just a a checkbook I can like you were saying, to just be like, here, here you go, here you go, here you go. Um, Other than that, I mean, I've already developed a lot of relationships with, with vendors in town, so that wasn't something that I had to learn how to do. It was just already there. Um, Being more in the spotlight is a little bit different, you know, because okay. I'm, I'm used to kind of running the show, but not being the owner in the spotlight. Yeah, so sure. getting used to that and doing things like this. Yeah. Victor likes to talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're both doing great. So um, what what's some advice you would give to people listening that maybe they're working back of the house, maybe they're working front of the house, bartending, um, but they want to open up their own place. What's, what's some advice? I have been in this industry for 26 years now. Um, I never gave up the dream of opening a restaurant. Okay. You know? And I think most people in the restaurant industry, that's usually their end goal is that, the, you know, if they have the passion and they're in it for a long time. And I mean, you just keep where I mean, I just went, you know, from being a server or hostess when I was 15 years old. And then I went up to bar or to server. And then I went to bartender. Then I went to bar manager. Then I went to uh, assistant general manager. And yeah. then I went to GM and then, you know. So it can happen. It can happen for anybody. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, as somebody who knew he was going to cook his whole life, yeah, uh, who did not think I was ever going to own a restaurant, just because, um, you know, let's face it, we're we're in an industry where it fails most of the time. Uh, you got to have capital to do it. Yeah. What um, is that? Anthony Bourdain said that there's like a. 70% fail rate. Well, that's just the percentage. Yeah. It's a 70%, you know, 70% fail rate. Um, I, I want these kids to know that as long as you work hard, and, and that's the thing, mm-hmm. um, work hard. All this Instagram, all this Facebook, being popular, you can have as many likes as you can. Yeah. That looks cool. But in, in the long run, keep your head down, work hard, because people see that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only reason why I'm here today is okay. because uh, the food hall called me because they were like, hey, kid, you know, you're on somebody's radar. Uh, you know, do what you love. Figure it out first. Work hard. Learn the basics. You know, do, do the work. Yeah. Um, then you can start getting, you know, fancy, doing dinners and things of that nature to find out who you are. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, you know, you're going to shine if you're supposed to shine. And someone will eventually give you that opportunity, but you have to put in the work. And you know, as long as you do that, 
and, and just stay true to what we're all about, like the real culinary, mm-hmm. like like how it's supposed to be. You know, it's that's why I love the kitchen. It's black or white. You know, yeah. it's right or wrong. Um, you know, it can be obtainable. You know, if I can do it, trust me. Yeah, anybody can do it. We don't have investors. This is all just us. Okay. So going back to doing the work, we have done most of the work ourselves okay. in here. So it's it's a labor of love. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, you, if, you, if you're if you want it that bad, we're gonna will, make it happen. You will make it happen. Yeah. And if they want it that bad in life, I I, I pray that they sit there and go for what they want because it's. It's a long, hard road, but once you get there, there's nothing that feels better than being in this chair right now. Yeah. You know, talking to you and, and telling these kids that it's an obtainable goal. Because yeah. I was them at once. Yeah, that's cool. And, and we do. We have a lot of uh, the students off the culinary school at Fort Worth that do listen to this. So uh, I think that's really good advice. Uh, thank you, guys. Um, we'll start to we'll start to kind of wrap it up. I have a couple more questions. Um, I know you both support local. We've, we've talked about it oh, yeah. before. Um, just rattle through some places that you are liking right now in Fort Worth. Maybe some new spots, some old spots, whatever. Um, I'll, I guess I'll start with... You can go. So, <laughs> <laughs> so i got to start out with my boy Twan from Four Sisters. He's the best. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely love him and, and his and his company because they do it right. Mm-hmm. He, the, All those guys, Tracy, the GM, all his uh, cooks, the servers, they, they love being there and it shows yeah. and everything. Um Got to give it up to Grace, Mr. Jones, and Blaine. Uh, they, they're, you know, one of the restaurants that made me. Um, yeah. they, they do food right. That's when someone suggests where you go to a fancy dinner, you go to Grace. Okay. Um, Chaz and Drew from Low Key Tavern, Bodega, High Top Grub and Pub. I love those guys. They, they're good people. Um, I've actually, that's a place I've never been. So you go. I'll have to you check it go. out. Yeah. You know, they, you know, I'm not a huge West Seventh person. We'll go to Bod. I used to we used to do drag brunches over at Bodega. And yeah, stuff. yeah, cool. Um, but I, I love Low Key. It's a great speakeasy bar and high top grub pub. Their pizza is phenomenal. Is it okay? Yeah, you know, it's a good. You know, just go in there, get some great food, and, and you're. It's good. a great price point too. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're not a break the bank. You can get a pizza that feeds two people for like ten bucks. Okay, yeah, that's that's good and, and hard to good. find, right? The pickle the pizza, seriously. it's so good. Oh man, I don't know, I don't know about that one. No, <laughs> it's delicious. It's really, really. Is good. it? Yeah, yeah, it's really that good. No, it's really good. Um, let's see, uh, the proper with Phil and Lisa, yep. uh, the usual, Jason Pollard. Going uh, back to Blackland, uh, of course, um, Blackland yeah. with yep. those guys. Um, let's see, all the beer guys. I absolutely like. Okay. I, I love all the beer peddlers here in town. Yep. Like. They, they all do a really good job of, of making it local here in Fort Worth. And every spot on Ray Street in the River East District is where you need to come. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask you guys about the location that yeah. we're at right now. Um, it is kind of an up-and-coming location here on Ray Street. Uh, this area, I actually went to high school just down the road at Carter Riverside. Okay. So um, this area used to be um, kind of what I, I've been in Fort Worth my whole life. What Magnolia used to be when I was a lot younger years ago when there was just nothing there. Yeah. And then they started kind of revamping the area and putting in, you know, I mean, there's a few restaurants over there, but it was definitely a little run down and a little scary when mm-hmm. I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's different areas in Fort Worth that's the, trying to do that. There's lots, you know, close to downtown South Main, um, where all these great culinary people in Fort Worth are, are opening these amazing restaurants. It's becoming more of a foodie area. Yeah. And so this 
River East District is the newest, I would say, probably. And we're just a whole community of, of people that support each other. Uh, we've got Tributary. Tributary's actually been here for five years. Um, and they, nobody knew about it because it was in an area that wasn't that great. But she has, Cindy the owns, she has great food. It's their fried chicken. You can say about the, the fried I love chicken. Tributary, yeah. it, That fried chicken's the best in town. Yeah. It's so good. And they have a great patio and they do live music. And then the post um, is great. Their, their patio, I think, is one of the best in Fort Worth. Okay. And it was under the radar, especially during COVID times when you needed a social distance a great deal. The patio was gigantic and it was very easy to social distance. Yeah. Um, and they do live music all the time too. Uh, we just opened, they just opened a brewery right here called Neutral Ground. That cool. It's funny because we're sandwiched between two um, like Louisiana style places with tributary and then Neutral Ground is very Louisiana, NOLA based. Yeah. Um, they have great beers. They, they kind of did a soft opening um, a couple weeks ago so they're only open on the weekends but they've been packed on the weekends and their beers. The king cake beer, which I thought was gonna be kind of weird. Yeah. Surprisingly really tasty. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> really tasty. Okay. So there's, and then there's also um, uh, some little like retail shops and stuff around here that are really cool and lots of handmade stuff. And and uh, there's a little shop for the girls, any, any girls listening right now, um, right across from us called the Twisted Gypsy and they have the cutest clothes and like little jewelry and stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love this area. So let's let's wrap it with this. Give me one last pitch. Why should people come uh, check out your restaurant? Go. Oh, <laughs> and for, for all the listeners, they're both just pointing at each other. So. All right. Well, uh, we would definitely like people to come to Lone because we offer a special take on seafood that is no other in the city. It's very unique. Um, you will definitely... Uh, love everything on this menu because it hits every kind of tone on your palate. Cool. Uh, for the foodies, you know, we the dry aging, the cold smoke, uh, the people who just like luxurious seafood, we have the caviar. We'll have champagne and the cocktails here. Mm-hmm. So there's something for everybody that'll be here. And when the time's right, we're going to start doing live music out in Great. the new patio once that's built. So. Phase two, we have a patio that's being renovated right now. So that will actually add like twice as many like people and it's, it's big awesome. outside. So yeah. We'll have a platform and a bar outside, and yeah. Great. So come in for phase one. Get yes. used to the place. Get yes. used to the menu, and then stick <laughs> around for phase, phase two. two during the summer, which we'll have a, a satellite bar and oyster and ceviche bar outside as well. Sounds fantastic. So. Um, I mean, you've sold me. Um, I'll be here uh, for sure once it's open. Um, but before I let you go. Uh, Missy, if you'll just tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Sure. Um, on Facebook, we're just La Onda on Facebook. If you just search La Onda, uh, Instagram is at La Onda FTW. So that's L-A-O-N-D-A-F-T-W. Uh, we're working on a website right now. The dinners are every uh, Friday, Saturday, sometimes just Saturday. This coming up one is just Saturday. Um, prices range from around 75 to 85 per person. We are doing complimentary cocktails with those, uh, and you get four courses, and the links are up on our social media. And the the menus look awesome. So, yeah, (laughs) I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, Thank you guys so much for coming on today. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. Last talking with you. 
That episode was brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. The Culinary School of Fort Worth offers a nine-month program that has savory, baking and pastry, kitchen management classes, as well as a two-month externship that will be at the end of your nine-month program. If you are interested in learning more about the school or coming out for a tour, uh, you can call 817-737-8427. That's 817-737-8427. Or you can head to their website, csftw.edu. That's csftw.edu.